0: Bokertov, good morning everyone. Shalom and welcome to our Aliyah day. It's great to have you with me this morning. <clears throat> it's a bright, beautiful day. We have had an amazing uh, weekend, an amazing uh, couple of days of wonderful time together, and uh, had some of our um, online families, our Lapidniks, Mishpacha from Tulsa, Northeast Tulsa, with us. And so that was just an amazing time. Had a wonderful tuba Shabbat Seder last night. Just lots of fun being with everybody. It's just uh, it's a good, good time. Had a baby born, two babies born, excuse me, two babies born this week. Um, one uh, earlier in the week, on the second day of the week, and the other on Shabbat. And so this week we have two Milah coming up today. A bris milah uh, ceremony at uh, 5 o'clock here, and then another next Shabbat, this coming Sabbath. So just lots of wonderful, amazing, awesome things going on. And then on top of all of that, we have an amazing parasha that we're studying. So thank you for all of you beautiful people who are watching. More and more people are joining the uh, study of the Aliyah a day. From all over the Fruited Plain and all over the world. So it is amazing. It's wonderful. Todah Today is the second reading of the Parashah Yitro. And so we are in chapter 18, beginning in uh, verse 13. We are, uh, of course, in the book of Shemot, the book of Exodus. And if you have an art school Chumash, you can find this Uh, second reading on page 396 or 397, depending depending if you're reading in Hebrew or English. So, we have uh, a continuation of the discussion of uh, Yitro coming to his father-in-law, excuse me, as I reach for this uh, Baal HaTurim over here. And it says in the opening verse, it says, It was on the next day that Moshe sat down to judge the people, and the people stood by Moses from the morning until the evening. So, as we get into this Aliyah, Balhaturim brings down that this word, this uh, phrase, the next day, Mi Macharat. The gematria of this word is equivalent to the phrase following Yom Kippur. So, many of the sages say that this uh, event that happened here is actually following Yom Kippur. And so, what we're going to be reading in the Aliyah. Is taking place the day after Yom Kippur. Now, there's a lot. I'm gonna. We're gonna be kind of going back and forth a little bit. We're gonna go back to yesterday's Aliyah because there's some things that got left on the table. And um, uh, somebody said something rather uh, cute this last Shabbat after we had Minka prayer uh, together. Because very often for the for the droshes, it's not uncommon week after week that there are. Uh, points or, or notes or what have you that I have not been able to get to just simply because of a lack of time. And so somebody said to me that, uh, Rabbi, one of these days you need to do like a series, maybe in the afternoon or something like that, that is all the notes that you didn't get to. And uh, and I said, well, you know, that would be great. And somebody else said that you should call it the Left Behind series. These are all the notes that got left behind. <laughs> I thought that was cute. All right, so let me get, let me read something from the Kale Too Much on the topic of this being the day after Yom Kippur, because there's a really great uh, statement that's made here um, that is brought down from a um, uh, a, a book of Hasidism, and uh, it relates back to something that I said or used to say a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Way back when I became a believer in Mashiach. <clears throat> Uh, within a year or two, um, I, I began to soon realize uh, that there was a major problem, uh, as I saw it. And, and again, you know, Hashem is, was working on me so many years ago about this. You know, um, And what I saw was is that there was this uh, come to faith in Messiah, confess your sins, receive repentance, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But then after that, the path was vague. There wasn't really a clear articulation of what you're supposed to do now. People would just say, well, back in those days, you understand, they would say, well, just go to church and read your Bible and start with the book of John. That was kind of the, the thing, right? Just go to church, be, find a good church, be in the community and read your Bible. And that was it. There was no other, uh, you know, be a good person, you know, don't do bad things, uh, you know, don't drink or smoke or chew or go with girls that do, but you know, those kind of things. And back in those days, I used to say, now what? Now what? You know, I'm, I'm saved, quote-unquote. Now what? What do I do now? And so that question of now what uh, through the, over the course of the next you know 24 or so years led me to where I am today. The now what question w- led me to where I am today. So with that in mind, I'm going to read this to you. This is talking about the um, connectivity of... Yitro the, the next day, on the next day after Yom Kippur, you understand that Yitro became a convert on Yom Kippur. He became he became a convert. Yom Kippur, by the way, is the seventh festival if we count all the festivals in order. It's the seventh festival that takes place on the seventh month. so it's a, it's the festival of perfection. So so Yitro became perfect, he became a convert, perfect on Yom Kippur. So the next day, he's now dealing with the situation of his his uh son-in-law. And he's uh, observing how he's uh, operating, and he's going to bring correction, which that's a whole another topic. But let's, let's read this. It says, one year, immediately after the conclusion of Yom Kippur, Rabbi Yosef Yitzhak Schneerson turned to his father, Rabbi Shalom Dober, who happened to be the fifth Lubavitcher Rebbe, and asked, what now? After having achieved such sublime levels of spirituality, what is the service required of us on the morrow? So he turns to his father-in-law. They've had this amazing Yom Kippur. They're completely uh, just, they've gone to the highest levels of Shemayim, so to speak. And now, you know, all the sins are forgiven. They're saved, so to speak, right? The sins are washed away. They become believers anew. All those kinds of things. And he looks at his father and he says, now what? Now what? What do we do now? Now that we're forgiven, now that we're pardoned, now that we're white as snow, our sins have been wiped away, we've had this communion with God, we've had this amazing experience, now what? What do we do now? And the answer of the Rebbe was, now the work of repentance truly begins. Now the work of repentance truly begins. What's he talking about? Now you have to go out, and now you have to live, As a redeemed person. And uh, which means that now that we've been forgiven, now that our sins have been washed away, now we have to go out and actually live according to God's rule, which is Torah law. So the now what, the, the answer to the now what, after we've been washed at Yom Kippur, the now what is to take the law of Torah and live it. That's the now what. And it's a very clear path. Now I want to go back. Before we continue reading this Aliyah, and perfectly we'll get to it, because there's so much um, that got left yesterday. The Left Behind series begins now. So, it's going back to verse 6, it says that uh, Yitro came and her, and her with uh, Moshe's wife and her two sons. Rashi was explaining here that Yitro meant to say that if you will not come to me for my sake, then I will come to you for the sake of your wife and not in her merit, then come because of your own two children. However, it has been noted, Rabbi Monk points out, that Yitro was not motivated in any way by arrogance or presumption uh, when he made his request. What he was asking Moses, it says here, he was asking Moshe to come down, come down from his lofty spiritual level, so that he could help him rise to the same spiritual and moral stature. This comes from Targum Yonatan. Hey, Moses, would you please descend from your lofty place of? Of, of study, your lofty place of observance, your lofty place of being the quintessential Jew. Would you please step down off of your proverbial high horse for a moment? Not not being rude, not being judgmental, not being critical. Just saying, could you please come down for a moment and help me rise to that same level? Could you please stop studying for a moment and share with me a light of Torah that I too can come up to where you are. And so we see from Targ and Yonatan that the heart of God is that we should arise to a spiritual level only that we can descend and pull up the holy sparks. Isn't that exactly what Mashiach Yeshua did? He rose up to the highest levels of the supreme envoy of Shemayim as Memtet, only so that he could descend into the lowest levels in order to pull you and I and so many more up as holy sparks to that same level. This is um, alluded to by the fact that when uh, Moshe, as the Midrash tells us, when Moshe went up to, Sh- to the to the mountain, to Shemayim, uh he actually didn't go, he wasn't just in the mountain, okay, because he didn't eat or drink for 40 days, which means he could not have been on earth. He had to have been in a supernatural state, because after three days of no water, you die. So anyway, he goes into Shemayim. He gets up to the highest level, the angels are about to take him into the, to the court of the throne room of God. Who is sitting on the throne? One would say God is sitting on the throne. But it's interesting because they say Memtet is in there. Why? Because he's likened to God. But that's all another topic. So they said, listen, you can't go in there unless you... you it, 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 because Memtet is fire. Just like it says, our God is a consuming fire. And so they said, you can't go in there because if you go in there, you'll become uh, incinerated. What's the answer? The answer is, you have to become fire. So the angels caused, mimtet, or caused uh, Moshe, so to speak, to become like a flame of fire. He was the very first human torch from the Fantastic Four. And he went in there and he was able to meet with, commune with, Mimtet. Which tells us what? That we too are supposed to go down and help people become flames of fire. If we ourselves are flames of fire. It's not something to be proud about. It's something to be, help people achieve. So it says, Moshe agreed to this at God's command. That's from the Mequilta. So God said to Moses, "Do yeah, go. Which tells us what? God's heart is for the convert. So it says here, he converted Jethro and his family, showed much kindness to him and celebrated this event with great with a great feast. Rabbi Eliezer in the Midrash concludes that when someone molded by L'Shem Shemayim, in other words, by pure intentions, comes to you to be converted, it is your duty. I want you to say this with me. Duty. When someone comes to you, it says here, and they come L'Shem Shemayim, In the name of heaven, that is, with pure intentions, it is your duty, Rabbi Monk brings down, quoting from the sources, to to draw them near, he says, and not repulse him. So, for these folks in the world, when people come to them with sincere intentions and they want to become Jewish... And they say, no, 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 no. Remain as you are. If you were uh, brought into the uh, belief in Mashiach as a Gentile, remain a Gentile. Of course, uh, we don't say that to somebody who's single. Because the, what they're quoting from, which is a letter, it's not scripture, it's just a letter. The, the letter says that if you're, if you're unmarried, remain unmarried. If you're married, remain married obviously, the apostle is talking about something completely different than what we think he is. So we don't, tell to, we don't say to a single person, listen, if you came into the covenant and you're single, never get married. Mazel tov. We don't say that, do we? But yet we tell a Gentile, you want to become a Jew? No way, Jose. You can't become chosen. Why? Because I'm chosen? Why? Because I'm so special? No, rabbi monk says it's quite opposite if someone comes to you with sincere intention, it is your duty to draw them in. It's your duty so you don't want to hear all that stuff though that's just uh that's <laughs> that's not what we want to hear right it is what it's what I want to hear all right to to verse eight, Moses told so it says in verse eight. It says, Moshe told his, his father-in-law everything that Hashem had done to Pharaoh and, and, and uh, Egypt for Israel's sake, all the travail that had befallen them on the way, and that Hashem had rescued them. Now listen to what Rabbi Monk brings down here, quoting from Rashi. He says, Moshe told, told. Rashi explains that his intent... That is the intent of Moses was to win Jethro's heart over and attract him to the Torah. Now, do you understand what I just read? That Moses, when he saw Jethro coming, right? And here comes his father-in-law, who is a priest of Midian, big time goy. He sees him coming And Moshe leaves his exalted position so that he could uh, raise up a holy spark. He went and he engaged in a conversation with with, uh, uh, Yitro. And he began to explain to him the entire gospel beginning with uh, the the, the, uh, books of Moses. And he said, listen to what God had done for us. And why was he saying this to Jethro? Why? Because he wanted to convert Jethro, which tells us what? Moshe's heart was to win the nations over the Torah. That's, why was it Moses' heart? Because that's the heart of God. That's the heart of God. The heart of God is to win the nations. That is what, my friends, that is what we are reading here in this Torah portion, which, I remind you, is a Torah portion about the Torah, don't you understand, again, just to repeat from yesterday, the entire giving of the Torah is about the convert? And why is that so? Because, as Ramban brings out, all Jews are converts. All Jews are converts. So, listen, moving on. This, what I'm about to read to you, to me, is probably the single most powerful thing that we could say about yesterday's Aliyah, okay, okay? Which is saying a lot because if we can get to it today, I'm going to read to you something that Rebbeinu Bakya wrote about today's Aliyah that is probably going to make you uh, throw your phone or throw your computer or something like that. But I don't want you to do that because I don't want you to run your equipment. Okay. So it says here in verse 10, because if you run your equipment, you won't be able to see tomorrow's Aliyah. See? Okay. Jethro said, Blessed is Hashem, who has rescued you from the land of Egypt and from the hand of Pharaoh. So if we go to verse 10, we read this in Hebrew. Vayomer Yitro. What did Yitro say? It says, Vayomer Yitro, Baruch Hashem. So, Rabbi Yochanan in the Talmud comments that this expression of thankfulness teaches us the obligation to bless Hashem for a miracle bestowed upon the people of Israel as a whole. This is from Berakhot 54a. So, what we learn from this, as it brings down in the comments here, something that Jewish people say as a matter of course throughout the day, multiple times a day, we're, when we hear good news, we say Baruch Hashem. We We hear bad news, we say Baruch Hashem. When somebody says Kar, Mashlum Khar, Mek, we say Baruch Hashem. Blessed is Hashem is something we say as Jews all the time in order to give God praise for just existing. For anything that happens, we give God praise because He is worthy of our praise and everything. And that expression, that uh, custom, that halakha, actually comes from a convert from Yitro. So every time we say Baruch Hashem, we're reminded of several things. One of them is, God loves the convert, because it was a convert who gave us that halakha. And secondly, it reminds us of our mission, because since we received such an amazing blessing from a convert, how much more should we want to bring converts in? And if you're not convinced by what I just said about that, you will be convinced in a second. Meaning, how important are converts? Well, let's see. A convert gave us the 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 halakha the, of saying Baruch Hashem, okay. And a convert gave us Mashiach in Ruth, right? And uh, in the merit of a convert, Yitro, we receive the Torah. Okay. In fact, our entire religion is based on a convert, Abraham, who converted and became a Jew. So how important are the converts? You tell me. So it says here, by the way, it is not rare that a gerizedek, a righteous convert, feels and gives expression to basic natural sentiments more easily than do those who are Jewish from birth. No, that's from Rabbi Monk. Rabbi Monk points out this is not a this is not so surprising. Why? Because converts are generally normally more enthusiastic about their faith. Why? Well, Yeshua, Mashiach Yeshua told us why. Because he who has been forgiven much loves much. So it says and verse 14, the father in law, the father in law of Moshe saw everything that he was doing to the people, and he said, What is this thing that you do to the people? Why do you sit alone with all the people standing by you from morning to morning? Incidentally, I should say that at the conclusion of yesterday's Aliyah, it says that that, that Moses and Jethro and, and everybody else sat down to a big Uh, to have bread and wine together. It says, um, yes, that Aaron and Moshe and all the elders of Israel came to eat bread with the father-in-law of Moshe before God. And and, uh, Rabbi Monk brings down that this was in fact a seudat mitzvah. This is actually a banquet in honor of a mitzvah. So all the elders got together and celebrated. Celebrated what? Celebrated Yitro's conversion. That's how important it was. The entire Sanhedrin got together and celebrated Yitro's conversion. It also says here in Rabbi Meng's comments, quoting from Sota 11a, it says Yitro's fer, uh, fervent efforts, his fervent efforts to attain the heights of spirituality were in fact successful. In fact, we read in 1 Chronicles 2.55 that his offspring became members of the Sanhedrin. Last night at the Tuba Shabbat Seder, I was quoting from, uh, uh, from the Talmud Bavli, eat 23a, talking about a man who was planting a carob tree. And there was a rabbi that saw him planting the carob tree, and he said, how long will it take that carob tree to, to bear fruit? And he said, 70 years. And the man said, the, the rabbi said, will you be alive in 70 years to eat of the fruit? And the man said, well, I am now partaking of the fruit of a carob tree that my forefathers planted, and they did not partake of the fruit, but I am enjoying the fruit. So I am planting this tree so that my children's children should be able to enjoy its fruit. And so we see here a realization where Jethro was coming to convert And he was planting a seed because his future generations, because of his decision, I want you to think about this, because of his decision to become a convert, and because of God wanting him to convert, and because of Moses' zeal to bring him in, we now have in the scripture telling us that his descendants sat in the Sanhedrin. My friends, I'm telling you something. You may have walked into this Lapid Judaism and you're thinking to yourself, I have no Jewish background. I did not grow up in a Jewish home. Um, I I feel so awkward. I don't know. I fumble through the blessings. I really try hard. here I am, I'm 20, I'm 30, I'm 40, I'm 50, I'm 60, I'm 70, and I'm just now rapping Feeling. I'm just now putting on a tekel, I'm just now saying the Kiddush, and I'm, I'm struggling through it, and I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, and I feel insecure, and I've got this one over here telling me I'm not a true convert, uh, and I've got this other Messianic guy telling me I should be, have been a Messianic Gentile, and I'm just struggling, 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 and I would say, or Yitra would say, welcome to my world. But don't worry your grandchildren and great-grandchildren will sit in the chamber of hewn stone and they'll be, sent, they'll be eating from that carob tree that you are planting today. So don't be discouraged. There's a, there's an, a saying in Judaism that all beginnings are hard. All beginnings are hard. <clears throat> but if done in the right heart, if done with the right spirit, if done with the right amuna and bitukon, then there will always be fruit to bear. And so, you're bearing fruit. And maybe you won't eat of the carob tree, but your children will. And they will bless your name and say, thank God for my grandfather, thank God for my my grandmother, and for their great Amunah that they brought together. Now, in this Aliyah, what we're reading about is Moses... Overwhelming himself with um, trying to to adjudicate too many cases. So it says, Moses said to his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to seek God, and when they have a matter, one comes to me, and I judge between a man and his fellow, and I make known the decrees of God and his teachings. The father-in-law of Moshe said to him, The thing that you do is not good. You will surely become worn out, you as well as all this people that is with you. For this matter is too hard for you. You will not be able to do it alone. Now heed my voice. I shall advise you, and may God be with you. You understand that a convert is now advising Moshe? Think about it, Selah, for a moment. This is the day after his conversion. Now he's giving, giving Moses instruction. It says, you will be a representative of the God, and you shall convey the matters to God, and you shall caution them regarding the decrees and the teachings, and you shall make known to them the path in which they should go and the deeds they should do. And you shall discern from among the entire people men of accomplishment, God-fearing people, men of truth, people who despise money, and you shall appoint them over the peoples as leaders of the thousands, leaders of the hundreds, leaders of the fifties, leaders of the tens. And they shall judge the people at all times, and it shall be that they shall bring every matter, major matter, to you, and every minor matter they shall judge, and it will be eased for you, and they shall bear with you. If you do this thing, and God shall command you, then you will be able to endure, and this entire people as well shall arrive at its destination in Shalom. And Moshe heeded the voice of his father-in-law and did everything that he had said. Now, another comment from Rabbi Monk here as he's bringing down from um, the Sifra, Sidra, uh, Behaloshah, Behaloshah, Slikah, chapter 78. It says something really fascinating here. It says, No converts ever cherish the Torah as much as Jethro. Jethro was exceptional among the converts, which is why he's the quintessential convert, which is why one might regard him, perhaps, as the father of converts, so to speak. And it says, no one loved the Torah as much as he and his descendants. As we see in 1 Chronicles 2.55, they became members of the Sanhedrin, as we said a second ago. For this reason, he was called Hovav, Beloved. He had earned the exceptional privilege. Listen to this. He had earned the exceptional privilege of having one of the Torah's most important institutions attributed to his initiative. Talk about a carob tree. It says his name, Yitro, derived from yeter, extra, intimates that an entire extra passage was added to the Torah on his account. Now, listen to me very carefully. What this is saying is that Yitro, a convert, was so unique and so special that he was the one who initiated the halakha of the entire judicial system within Torah Judaism. From the Beit Din to the Sanhedrin Katan to the great Sanhedrin itself, all of it came about because of Jethro, the convert. You know, recently, um, one of our members here shared a snapshot, a screenshot of a conversation between a Messianic rabbi and uh, what he would consider a Messianic Gentile, what I would consider a convert, but that's not the him there. And this particular rabbi... Um, who comes from a Jewish background, etc. I won't go into too many detail, but I just want to deal with the statement. And so this particular uh, convert was bringing down um, uh, some teaching, some Torah teaching, uh, I guess I'm assuming contradicting what this Messianic uh, um, pastor was saying. And the Messianic uh, leader, pastor, whatever he's going to call him, replied back and said, Before you knew how to spell the word Aleph, I was reading the Tanakh in Hebrew. <laughs> wow. Well, I don't have to tell you, I don't have to comment on that particular phrase. You you, you can see for yourself the problem with with, with the soul of that comment. But I would just say that the convert could have responded, before your forefathers received the Torah, my forefathers set up the Sanhedrin. (laughs) So, I'm just saying, what do we have to boast about? The answer is nothing. Nothing. Right? Yitro, the convert, established the judicial system in Judaism. Isn't that incredible? Listen. Listen. One more comment. We're not gonna. I'm gonna save what this, uh, this insight from Rabbi Nubakia as a moment of suspense. You're gonna have to wait till tomorrow to hear it. It's it's really gonna be amazing because it's gonna confirm what we do at Lapid Judaism. But you're. It's gonna be. This is like this is the cliffhanger. Okay. This is the... get you to watch tomorrow. <laughs> All right. I'm just. I'm half kidding. But I am gonna save it. One more thing. One more thing. This is so good. I. I, I don't. I. I've I've always loved Parashah Yitro, but now I'm like super in love with it. (sighs) Okay. One more thing. This is actually from tomorrow's Aliyah too, but it says here, so we know that Yitro converted. We know that now now Yitro is responsible for setting up the Sanhedrin. Okay. We know that all the amazing things. We know that the Torah came in his honor, but that's not enough. Now... The Torah tells us in verse 27, uh, Moshe Moshe sent off his father-in-law and he went to his land. Why? Why did he go to his land? He's a Jew now. Why don't he stay with us? And it says here that Moses had insisted that Jethro stay, but Jethro replied that just as a light shines only in darkness, he preferred to return to his own country and spread the light of Torah there. He felt that as a convert, he would not stand out in Israel because Israel was a nation that already was suffused with light. So he wanted to go someplace where it was dark so that he could find holy sparks. So there you go. Jethro was so on fire for God that he said, why should I hold this light to myself? It would be wonderful to live here amongst everybody. They already have kosher restaurants set up. They already have kosher, uh, kosher markets. They already have uh, kosher stores. But instead, I'm going to go back to Midian. Why? Because I want to find some other holy sparks and bring them in. Because that's the heart of God. End of our Aliyah today. I hope you enjoyed it. I thank you so much for joining us. Join us tomorrow and hear what Rabbi Nubakya has to say. You're going to love it. Shalom, shalom. See you. Smile at somebody. Share this with somebody. Do somebody a favor and share this video with them or this podcast with them and tell them you've got to listen to this. Shalom, shalom. See you tomorrow.